What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of A Time Such As This. This is kind of a special episode. Um, as you know, we've been kind of going through Galatians and I did allude to a fun, um, awesome series that I feel like the Lord is leading us into in August. Um, but I wanted to kind of take a pause and do something different for a second um, and share on a chapter in a book that I feel like is not talked about um, too often. And my mom actually shared this passage with our family and our family group chat and I was like yes this is good stuff. Um, we're going to be in 2nd Peter chapter 1 today um, but I just I want to let you guys know that you are loved and you are cared for um, and that there are people waiting to talk with you and who uh, want to hear about your story. I'm sure there's someone in your life that's asked you um, to go deeper with the Lord and has tried to encourage you, or maybe it's just a prompting from the Lord. I, I just want to encourage you guys to listen, to give in to that prompting, to allow the Lord to really um, speak to your heart. And I hope that today um, he does the same through what we talk about in Second Peter. Um, but first, as usual, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for everything that you've done um, and continue to do for us, God. I ask that you would just fill us up with the Holy Spirit, God, that your word would speak clearly to us, Lord, that it would um, pierce our hearts and, and cut out anything that is ungodly or, or not of you and inside of us, Lord. And I pray that you would just make us more like you every day. And I ask, God, that you would just use this scripture to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, but to remind us just of how powerful you are and how good you are, God. Um, I thank you so much for giving us everything we need to live this life the way that you've called us to, God. And I just pray that you would empower us and encourage us to do so. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, today uh, we are in Second Peter chapter 1, as I said. And it is good. It's real good. Um, it is a very um, encouraging passage. It is a very um, eye-opening passage. And it is one that if you are not the type of person who wants to be more like Jesus, you probably shouldn't read it, which should be all of us. So I hope that you guys are excited and uh, let's crack open your Bibles and let's read. So first Peter, sorry, second Peter chapter one, verse one, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who through the righteousness of our God and savior, Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. 
lots of good stuff to um, kind of unpack and talk about here. But I, I want to go back first um, up to verse 1. And it says, To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours, verse 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. One of the things that I talk about most on this podcast is knowing God and knowing who he is by what he says about himself in his word. Um, He tells us exactly who he is. He tells us his attributes, his qualities, the stories and, and things that are documented in scripture give us context to how those attributes and qualities play out in real life scenarios and we're called and asked to trust and have faith in who God says about himself. I also talk about this a lot um, as well but Abraham it says that he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and it wasn't just believing that he exists it was believing him and taking him at his word for who he is He was given a promise by God that he would have a son and he didn't know what it was going to look like. And at times I'm sure he doubted with his faith and was wondering how this is going to happen. Even to the point of having a child with one of their slave servant people from Egypt and uh, God still came through and, and Abraham believed God. Abraham believed that in one way or another, God was going to fulfill his promise. And so Uh, Grace and peace be yours through the knowledge of God. Peter is saying that when we believe and have faith in Jesus Christ, when we know God, there is a grace and a peace abundant that will show up in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I need a lot of grace and I need a lot of peace in order to get through this life. It's rough. It's stressful. It's worrisome. I mess up, I need grace, I need peace. And Peter's reminding us that through the knowledge of Jesus, we can have abundant grace and abundant peace. Then jumping down into verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness I love that Peter goes back to God's goodness and God's glory. It's a common theme throughout the the entirety, really, of the Bible is goodness and glory. Goodness and glory. And they really, truly go hand in hand. Our good because of God's glory and because of his goodness. It's, It's awesome. And Peter here, switching out into divine power, is talking about how we can live godly lives we can have freedom from our sins because of knowing god again knowing god having a relationship with him taking him at his word and living by that word and we can live lives of freedom and of passion and of courage and of boldness and of godliness by knowing god Because when we know where this divine power comes from that gives us the ability to live godly lives, when we understand 
even not fully because God's ways are higher than ours, but when we have a little bit of a grasp of the fact that God is so much higher than us, God is so much more powerful than us, and he's the God that we serve who empowers us to go and do the things that he has set out for us, it is just, it feels like someone took a key and unlocked all the locks, and you're like, oh, I get it now. And he wants to encourage you that, hey, it's by God's divine power that we can live a godly life. There are things, righteousness and and holiness and godliness that we're called to live to. But God's not even asking us to do it on our own strength because he knows it's impossible. Jesus himself said, with man it is impossible, but with God everything is possible. In verse 4 it says, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, You may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. And again, Peter is talking about this idea of through God's divine power, us being separated from our evil desires and being able to go from sinful to trusting in the Lord to live godly. And obviously this doesn't mean that we're going to be free of temptation or free of sin. That only happens when we go be with the Lord for eternity. But what it is saying is that we can have breakthrough in our lives through these struggles that we go through, through these temptations. And the Bible also says that there is no temptation that has overcome us that is not common to mankind and God is faithful and he will always give you a way out. So even in our temptation, but it's through whose divine power? God's divine power. And these great and precious promises that Peter is talking about in verse 4 all go back to going to the identity and attributes of God himself. God promises to never leave you nor forsake you, and he is faithful to fulfill that promise of never leaving you. See, it's an attribute and a promise, but the promise is founded upon those attributes. Because God is faithful, he's going to remain with you. And he's going to remain with you because he's faithful. There's nothing that we're going to go through in this life that we're alone, even if we feel like we're alone. Feelings don't determine truth. The truth determines truth. And there's only one, and that is Jesus Christ. And he says that through these promises, we can participate in the divine nature. So through trusting and grounding our lives on these promises, we can experience God in divine and extreme not extreme, well, sometimes extreme ways. We can experience him in ways that we've never had before because we are laying ourselves down and saying, you know what, God, I'm trusting in who you say that you are. I'm trusting in your promises despite what my circumstances look like. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Even though I look around and everything's a mess, I know what you say in your word. And I know that you are faithful to make it come to pass because every promise in Christ is yes and amen. And that last part saying, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires, it shows you what the root of it is. Yes, we have Ephesians 6 where we are struggling against uh, the principalities and the spiritual aspect of things. There is Satan out there. There is demons out there. There are spiritual things going on. But at the end of the day, There's corruption in the world because of humanity's desire for evil, for things that are ungodly, for things that are fleshly, and it is ramped up by the tempter. It is ramped up by the spiritual aspect of things. But the world is evil, 
and the world is corrupt because we have desires that are evil and corrupt and we fulfill those when we are living according to the flesh. But as Peter's encouraging and exhorting us here, he's saying that because of God's goodness, because of his glory, because of his divine power at work within us, we have everything we need to live a godly life. We have promises to stand on so that through these things, we can participate in the divine nature and see God work big time in our lives and in the lives of those around us. It's, it's incredible, and it is something that I think, I know I can do a better job of, but I think if we as Christians stood with each other and constantly reminded each other of God's word and of his promises, we wouldn't see a lot of the same issues that we do today, especially in the United States where we don't really have persecution. We don't have anything really going on in this country that is pushing people to their knees before the king and asking for his help. But we have everything we need to live a godly life. And we have the creator himself at work in us, causing us to do what pleases him when we allow him to have that space in our hearts. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, mutual affection, love. And I love that, that Peter talks about this because I think sometimes people really get complacent. I know I have sometimes, um, um, and even now there's things that I need to be doing more of, um, but we get complacent in our relationship with God sometimes saying, oh, well, he's just going to carry it out. He's just going to fix it. And I don't really have to do much. And Peter's reminding us that we do have a part to play, not in earning salvation, but a part to play in this process of growing in our relationship with the Lord, allowing him to be at work in us so that we can become more like Jesus. Because the reality of it is, is that God is good and he is a gentleman, as people have said. And he's not going to force you to be more like him. But he's not just going to do all the work for you either. There's a balance of we need to walk with the Lord, not him drag us by our feet while we're pulling in the opposite direction. And so because we have this power that God has given us because of God's goodness. In verse five, he says, for this very reason, because of the evil going on in the world, because of God's promises, because of the divine power, make every effort to add to your faith. So our faith is the starting point in our relationships with the Lord. It says, for whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that he was raised from the dead, they will be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's faith. But then comes what James talks about is with faith without works is dead. And Peter is piggybacking off of that and saying, because you have this faith, add to it with goodness. Goodness is a fruit of the spirit. Be good to the people around you. God has been good to you, so be good to others. Steward the things that he's given you well. Steward the time that he's given you well. And to goodness, knowledge, know more about your God. Know God more. Knowing about God and knowing God are two different things, but strive to do both more. I'm speaking and preaching to myself here, but 
spend more time in the word, spend more time in prayer, pray throughout the day, have have conversations with the Lord throughout your day. Maybe you're really, really good at setting a time once or twice a day to pray in the morning or before you go to sleep. But I challenge you, pray throughout the day. Have conversations with him as you're washing the dishes, as you're at work, as you're talking with a difficult customer, when you're walking your dog, when you're cleaning. Talk with God. When you have a concern on your heart, immediately bring it to the Lord in prayer, wherever you are. Pray for people in public when the Lord prompts you. And if you're the opposite, like me, who prays throughout the day, but doesn't set a time to spend specifically and intentionally with the Lord, let's do it. Let's set a time at night, in the middle of the day, in the morning, and spend time intentionally in prayer and know God and to knowledge self-control. Those evil desires that are corrupting the world, say no to them. Because remember, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. And self-control is a fruit of the Spirit as well. So the Spirit, this divine power that's work at work in us, enables us to add self-control to our faith. To say no to ungodly living, as Titus 2, 11-12 talks about. For the grace of God has appeared to all men, that is our salvation that teaches us to say no to the ungodly things and live right lives in this present age. So add to your knowledge of God and knowing God, self-control, choose God, do not choose the world. Next, add perseverance. Perseverance is so important because this world is so rough. Life is hard. We're going to go through difficult things. We're going to suffer. We're going to wonder where God is sometimes, but he's there. When we stand on promises of God, we have to remember that he is with us, that he has plans for us, that it says in his word in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's handiwork, that we're created for the good works that he planned long ago for us to do. Perseverance is grown through going through difficult things, but it is grown by finding the promises of God and standing on them. Making your foundation based on God, who he is, who he says about himself, what he says about himself in his word, what he says about you and his promises and standing on those so that you can persevere through those hard times. When it looks like your life's falling apart, you can look at God and say, no God, you are sovereign. You do not withhold a good thing from those who love you and walk uprightous, uprightously, that's the correct word, <laughs> who walk righteously. And so what we have right now, no matter how difficult, is exactly where God wants us to be. And we know that if we trust him and walk by faith, that he will come through every single time. So add to your self-control, perseverance. Add to your faith, perseverance, godliness. We, we're called to be like God. We are called to walk as Christ has walked, to live as Jesus has lived, to love God and to love others. So add to your faith, godliness. Add to your godliness, mutual affection. Love the people around you. Take care of 
the church, take care of the body, take care of people who are in need. And to mutual affection, love. The greatest two commandments, Jesus said, is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as yourself. Loving God is putting Him first. If we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it tells you exactly what love is, and that is who God is. And that is how love is look that's how love looks like. That's what love looks like, acted out and lived out. And it says that God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And although Jesus might not ask us to be martyred, but or to die on the account of other people taking a bullet, however it might be. He does ask us to die to ourselves, to put our desires to the side, and to say, no, Lord, let your will be done, and I'm going to listen and do what you have for me. Do what you have for me. That sin, that thing that I keep holding on to that I don't want to give up, I'm going to, with open hands, hand it over to you and allow you, God, to really just change my life we are to love God and love other people, to know God, to know Him well. So add to your faith love. And Peter encourages and he encourages us and he says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, so continuing to grow in these qualities. He's not saying just be perfect at this right away. No, grow in these things. Grow in your faith, grow in goodness, grow in knowledge, grow in self-control, grow in perseverance, in godliness, mutual affection, and love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I really appreciate here how Peter says, keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. There is such a thing. And we've all been there when we've been ineffective and unproductive Christians. Where we've kind of just been floating along, you know, yes, I'm a Christian, but it's not really doing anything. And our lives don't look different, or we're lukewarm, or we're complacent. And we've been there. I've been there. There are parts of my walk that are there right now. But it says if we possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. So going back to repeat the whole purpose of this section is in light of the way the world is right now, in light of God's divine power that is there for us to be changed by in light of God's glory and his goodness and his promises make every effort to add to our faith because if we possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive because a lot of times you know we we especially in the United States, there's a lot of people who say, you know, why would I be a Christian? Because Christians look just like me. I, I do the same things as Christians, and, and all it is is a label. Like I know someone who, before becoming a Christian, had said that. He was actually on, on the podcast. 
But imagine if Christians were radically known for their faith, for stepping out and believing that God's going to do something, even though it looks like there's nothing that can possibly happen, even though there's Egyptians Egyptians chasing us. Pharaoh sent his entire army after us. We ran into the ocean. We don't know what's going to happen. And God says, I'm splitting it. Do we believe that at 99 years old, that God is going to fulfill his promise to us and give us a child? Obviously, I'm speaking um, hypothetically and using biblical examples. But are we going to believe that God is going to do something even when it looks like we're at a dead end? Even when it looks like there's nothing possibly good that can come from the situation we're in imagine if we said god i'm going to believe you anyways and i'm going to praise you and thank you anyways and i'm going to live joyfully anyways imagine what that would look like to the people around us both christians and non-christians imagine if we were known for our goodness for how good we are to other people for not tearing people down but for building people up for loving others, for not ripping everyone to shreds who doesn't agree with our politics, for not ripping everyone to shreds who doesn't believe or agree with our theology, for not ripping each other to shreds for posting something you didn't like. But instead, being good to one another in how we present things, being good to one another in how we treat each other. Imagine. You can go down the list, knowledge. Imagine if we spent time studying God's word and we knew scripture like the back of our hand, writing it on the tablets of our heart like the Old Testament talks about. That we might not sin against God. And self-control, imagine what it would look like if people, and myself included, had more self-control perseverance, getting through difficult times, maintaining our, our praise and thanksgiving and gratitude through difficulty, godliness, mutual affection, love. Imagine, surely, increasing measures of these qualities will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. Think about how practical that looks. But verse 9 comes with a little bit of a warning. It says, But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. You have been cleansed from your past sins. Jesus, it says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. That he loved you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But whoever does not have these qualities is nearsighted and blind. We need to have these qualities. It starts with faith, but then begins the sanctification process. We need to run after these things. Run after the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Invite God to do the work, to participate in that. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in His Word. Be humble. Allow God to reveal things in your heart that are not of Him. And ask the Lord to remove them, to teach you, to guide you, to surround you with people who have the visual clarity to point things out that you might not see in yourself. And humbly accept it and repent. Do not forget the grace that God has given you, the forgiveness that has been 
granted you and the cleansing that has taken place. Don't once again be bound by a yoke of slavery in your sins, but remember the freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free, as we're talking about in Galatians in the other episodes. Free from what? Free from our sin, free from God's wrath, and free to choose righteousness. Free to choose. Free to have a relationship with God. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, verse 10, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. That's a big statement. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make every effort. It says it twice in this 11 verse section. Make every effort. When God said, the two, Jesus said the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It takes effort. It takes strength to contend for your faith. It takes effort and strength to persevere, to move forward, to in spite of our feelings say, yes, God, I will choose you because you chose me. I will love you because you loved me first. I will obey you because you deserve nothing less than my attention, obedience, and reverence. God is not asking us to do anything that he has not given us the power to do through his Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Ask him to fill you up with the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that God will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Though you being evil know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I just want to encourage you guys, don't feel like you have to do it on your own because you don't. God has given us divine power. God has given us things in order to be able to live the life he's called us to, a life of grace and peace from knowing who God is, knowing about God and his qualities, knowing God by who he is and what he does. So I hope that this episode was encouraging to you guys. I would, again, as always, encourage you to please go read this passage of scripture yourselves. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and teach you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was given to lead us into all truth and to remind us of the things that Jesus has taught. So the Holy Spirit will teach you and lead you into the truth and reveal to you what the Lord is saying to you today through this passage of scripture. And I'm excited to see what God does and, and hear your stories. And if you ever have any questions or anything, please go to a time such as this podcast Instagram and message me. If you have uh, my personal Instagram, reach out there as well. Um, but I just want you guys to be encouraged and know that God is giving us a, a how-to here. God is giving us advice here and we must take it. I just uh, hope that you guys um, hear what the Lord has to say and that you take something from this passage of scripture. You apply it to your life and you allow the Lord to really work um, in and through His God's word. Um, so go read it. Go enjoy it. Go pray. Uh, please pray for me if you can, um, just for 
some of these qualities for perseverance, um, for more faith, um, and for self-control. Um, and I just pray that these things would also um, be true in your life. So let's pray, and I will send you guys on your way. Dear Jesus, uh, again, I just want to thank you so much for all that you've done and continue to do in our lives. I thank you that we can open up your word, God, and um, and spend time with you in that way, Lord Jesus, that we can hear your words, hear what you have to say about our lives, God, and, and gain a, a deeper insight as to who you are and how much you love us, God. And I just ask that you would reveal to us through the power of your Holy Spirit if there's anything in us that isn't of you, God, and that we would... Um, just repent and walk away from those things, that, that you'd cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God, you say in your word that if we um, confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and to cleanse us as well. And so, God, I just pray um, that this scripture would be encouraging to our hearts, God, that you would just use it to um, push us forward towards you, that you would use it to help us uh, remember what it should look like as we move forward. And to encourage us that as we possess these qualities, Lord, and as we learn to, to increase them in measure, and as you um, teach us how to be more faithful, good, self-controlled, um, how to be more godly and loving and, and uh, good, that we would just remember that it will help us to be productive in our faith, be productive in our relationship with you, and to be effective as Christians. And so, God, I just ask that you would just keep our eyes open to what you're doing in our lives. Keep our eyes open to what you're trying to teach us. Um, and keep our ears open to hearing your voice. God, I just thank you so much for all that you've done and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.